Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. This is where we share tips about business and parenting. Being a mom of three, CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisy's speaker and educator, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated, and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about how to create better, how to create better family, health, business, and self. Now, if you are a small business owner, you will know that 82% of small businesses fail because of cash flow. What on earth is cash flow? Let's talk about it today. And I'm so excited and honored to have my guest join us today. Chris Muscatello is a commercial banker at Coast Capital Savings for over 15 years. And he has an ingrained entrepreneurial spirit with multiple small business ventures under his belt from startups to long-term enterprises. Now, Chris has a passion for helping small businesses and mid, mid-sized businesses grow through acquiring finances, as well as providing advisory services around business acquisitions and business operations. And to add to his expertise, he recently completed his MBA in executive leadership. And today, Chris leads a team of 15 small business managers and advisors covering the area of of the greater Vancouver area to Surrey to Whistler. Chris, welcome. Say hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I am thrilled in this, in this crazy COVID time. Um, I think this is like, I mean, podcasts are like just soaring because everyone just wants to learn and to feel like they're not alone. And small business survival is... Uh, on the forefront here. So I am just very, very honored to have you here talking about an expertise that you have, which is cash flow. Cash flow. Crazy. But before we start, Chris, tell us a bit about you. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, I am a commercial banker, but uh, my favorite uh, part of my job is, and I feel like I have a very, uh, as you mentioned, entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, I have been banking for most of my adult life, but I've always had uh, small business ventures on the side. Uh, I did just finish my MBA, uh, but uh, one of the uh, coolest things is, um, and biggest learnings is, thank you, uh, is uh, is having your own business. You know, it's one thing to get the educational piece, but uh, to really complete that, uh, you know, small business journey, I think it's really critical to have that actual real world experience as well. I mean, I, I say this all the time, but you learn just as much from a small startup business as you do from the educational side of things. So I've really tried to, you know, merge the two and I think it gives me a bit of a, a competitive edge in advising our clients. So uh, I continue to, to work in the banking sphere today and uh, love advising our small business clients. Uh, I am a father of two very busy boys and uh, a wife who is also a small business owner. So um, like everybody else in the world, uh, incredibly busy, even more so under COVID. Uh, But, you know, these times are are also, um, you know, presenting great challenges, but also great opportunities. And your topic of today, cash flow, I think is uh, of paramount importance, especially during these times. So Mm -hmm. kudos to you for tackling this uh, often overlooked topic, but, you know, critically important one. Well, thank you. You, you. I'm just like so excited to have you on our show because, like you said, having that real world experience. And you started your first business when you were 18. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, that was that was an interesting time. It was it was really we just uh, one of my good friends then and to this day, uh, he was in the landscaping industry, and uh, I, I really enjoyed the business side of things. So we we partnered up. We saw a little bit of a gap in the industry, and uh, you know we started cutting lawns and 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 pruning hedges and and doing all those kinds of things, and we really enjoyed it. And we formed a great partnership, and the business grew and grew and grew. Uh, our partnership worked really well. We had a very tacit understanding that uh, on the job site he was in charge, and anything off the job site was was my field of expertise. So. We continued to really grow it, and you know, after about six years, it grew to a point where, um, you know, we had to either you know go all in, or make other choices. So we ended up selling the business, but you know, I have to say that uh, you know it's a landscaping business, but so many business fundamentals were were learned by myself. Uh, you know, you try things, you fail at some things, you get exposure to all the real world elements of of running and operating a business. So it was, I looked back at that experience very fondly as something that set the stage for me for uh, my later adventures in life. So uh, great learning experience overall. What I, I love is that you sold that business and for you to be so young and know how to, to do that, how to sell a business. Oh, I know I'm just throwing this out there. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to sell their business and what do they do? What's the first thing they should do if they want to sell their business? What should they do? Well, the first thing to do if you're going to sell your business is, is really make sure you're on a sound financial footing. Anybody that's going to look to purchase your business is going to want to review your financials. They're going to want to understand your financial position. Um, that would be the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is, is know what your business is worth. Uh, I think it's it's critical that, you know, a lot of business owners going in, it's, you know, it, they're heavily invested in it emotionally um, from a time perspective. It's, it's like a, it's like a child to them, right? So uh, understanding the real value of your business uh, is, is critical. And, you know, bringing in outside partners can uh, easily help you with that. But, you know, you need to re- really remove the emotional attachment to the business and understand what its true value is before you sell it. No, that's awesome. That is awesome. How did, how did you find someone to buy your business? Like it's not like something you put on. You know, that's a great, we, we actually did. I was just going to say it was, it seems like so long ago now. I'm trying to think of how many years ago it would have been. It would have been, you know, just around 20 years, but Craigslist was kind of the up and, and comer at that point. And we literally threw it on Craigslist and we put the vibe out in the landscaping community that, uh, that we were looking to exit. And we got a ton of inquiries and, um, it was it was quite interesting, and the individual ended up buying it was one of the Craigslist contacts. So, wow. uh, you know, even at that young time, it was just you know get the business, get the name out there, and and see where it goes. And it happened to work out very well for for both parties. So it's it's kind of funny how that works out. And Craigslist hasn't changed since then, by the way. So it still kind of still looks and feels the same. So wow, well that's awesome. Like you know, never under underestimate what you can do, right? Like I will say that my husband and I we sold our our first home, which was a townhouse on Craigslist, so like in three. It was crazy. <laughs> you never yeah, know. Right? It works. You never know. Now, before we jump into our conversation, I would love for you, Chris, to, to tell us the definition of cash flow. What is cash flow? Sure. Um, I mean, in a, in a real, uh, you know, layman's terms, cash flow is, uh, and I, I will get into the accounting uh, language and stuff, but it's essentially the surplus cash that you have every month to run your business. 
hopefully your business is going to be generating a profit and you're going to have surplus cash flow to pay your bills, pay your employees and do all those things in a timely fashion, which is, is one of the most important parts of cash flow is ensuring you have capital on hand in a timely fashion to ensure your payables are paid, uh, all your employees are up to date and you have surplus cash to then look towards what other avenues you're going to pursue, um, uh, revenue growth, things like that. So it's, it's really such a critical component of, of any business. And, and like I said, Elaine, it's, it's really overlooked and it's, it's unfortunate that it is. So I'm really excited that you're talking about it today. Um, but in a nutshell, that's really what cash flow is. It's, it's the surplus funds you have available in your account on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to, you know, uh, manage the day-to-day expenses, but also drive growth and, and, and pursue opportunities. I, I agree. It's it is such a, an important topic, and you know, in the many years that I have uh, had the honor of uh, working with women in small businesses, and believe me, I I'm learning as I go, and I learn every day. And you know, that's why I'm so thrilled to have you, Chris, on on my podcast. These are questions that I am craving to learn as well, and you know, I I just want. Uh, people who are listening right now who are thinking, oh, well, I, I don't need to know about this because, you know, I love what I do. And and the danger that I've seen in many small businesses that are owned by women is uh, it's, it begins from something, a passion. And often many of us, we, we lack that business expertise because I was a school teacher before I created Easy Daisies. And never was I ever pulled aside to learn about marketing, manufacturing, distribution, warehousing, cash flow, what? And people, we, we need to, I'm talking to my wonderful listeners right now, is cash flow is so important because it it is your, the functioning of your business depends on your cash flow and the growth and flourishing of your business depends on cash flow. And Chris is, is here to help us. And I am so excited by that, Chris. And, and Chris is very humble and, you know, I, I'm just craving to learn from him. And my next question, Chris, is do you have some cash flow tips like I know you probably have many, but let's let's narrow it down to five. If we could talk about your top five cash flow tips, what would those be? Absolutely. But before I, I give you those tips, you, you brought up an amazing point that I just wanted to touch on very quickly. Uh, Elaine was, uh, you know, individuals that are passionate about their business, but they come into a business and they're not fully prepared. And I always, when I have these discussions with with our wonderful members, I always I always give them the example of uh, it's a very public one, so it's it's easy to talk about. But our one of our most famous chefs, you know, Rob Feeney, uh, probably one of the most famous and celebrated Vancouver chefs, one of the first Canadian chefs to win Iron Chef America, had two incredibly successful restaurants in, in Vancouver uh, in the Vancouver area. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, Mr. Feeney basically got forced out of his own restaurants. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you look back, you know, incredibly successful chef, very talented, perhaps on the business side, really struggled a little bit, right? So it's not enough to be passionate about your industry anymore. That's a great starting point and it's, it's going to ensure that you love what you do, but the business side is so critically important. And this is a message I continually convey to all our members and those looking to purchase a business is, you know, it's, it doesn't, you can be the greatest plumber in the world, but if you don't know how to run a business, ultimately you're going to fail. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, and that leads into where we're talking about, about cash flow is, you know, the five tips I can really give you to 
you know, improve your cash flow are, are actually very, very simple. And I, I'll keep them simple and high level and I'll, I'll speak to uh, a few of them in detail. But point one is, is looking at it from a revenue perspective. Uh, how are you looking at your products? Are your pro If you're selling a product, are you ensuring on a regular basis that there's an adequate ROI or return on investment on your products? Most businesses don't evaluate their products over time in terms of are they selling? What's their profit margins on their individual products that are driving margins? You'll notice very successful businesses and um, we'll take, for example, like the restaurant industry, uh, successful restaurants like Cactus Clubs, they'll change over their menus over time. They'll evaluate which products are working, which are not working and which are driving the most revenue for them. Mm -hmm. One of the things you saw after the financial crisis in um, in, in 2008, 2009, a lot of restaurants shifted away from very expensive products like high-end products like steaks and meats and started moving in towards pastas and things like that that were more durable, uh, better profit margin, and they weren't, uh, they didn't have the same spoilage levels, right? So examine your products and, you know, when necessary, you need to pivot to those that are driving appropriate revenue for you. So that's the first thing. The second one, and this is a piece of advice my dad gave me, Elaine, when I first started my business. Uh, my dad said to me, he said, Chris, I'm going to give you the three most important pieces of advice for your business. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm all excited for these three amazing tips he's going to give me. And he basically said, point one, receivables. Point number two, receivables. Point number three, receivables. Manage your receivables. And I always say that market dynamics have shifted since then. And there's so many other elements to running a business. And, you know, my dad was really speaking it from the financial perspective, but he wasn't wrong. He was very accurate in his assessment. Manage your receivables. They're so critical uh, to ensuring you have adequate cash flow. And Elaine, I can't tell you how many times we have businesses that come into us for financing and they have uh, past due receivables over 90 days, over 120 days. And it's not always the big ones. It'll be the $1,500 the $2,000, the $500, and those all add up and impact your cash flow. So that's the second one uh, that I would say is absolutely critical. The third one I'd say is ensuring you have adequate capital. If you're a business that does drive, uh, your model allows receivables, uh, ensure you have an adequate operating line of credit to bridge that gap. Uh, line of credits today seem to be the word de jour. People take them out home equity lines on their homes to purchase other things, but operating lines of credits were really designed for businesses that have that gap in their funding. Um, now to do that, you have to make sure that you have your financials in place. And I'll, I'll talk about that as the last piece, but really it's ensuring you have adequate capital. And I don't just mean operating lines of credits. I mean, ensure you have a separate corporate credit card and, and things like that, right? The fourth piece or fourth piece of tip I'd give is, is really managing your expenses. It's an old business, uh, you know, um, uh, phrase, but you know, sign every check. It's very easy for those little expenses to creep up on you. Uh, I spoke earlier about revenue, but this piece is about expenses. Those little line item expenses, uh, one of the funniest ones I always see, like, you know, office supplies uh, have a real tendency to creep up. And I don't know where all those pens go and all those notepads go. They just seem to fly out the door. And next thing you know, you've got, you know, thousands of dollars in office supplies. So, you know, it's just an example, but really manage all of your expenses. It's very easy for them to creep up. And if you really sit back uh, and, and look at those things, um, it's, it's one of those things that needs a lot of attention to. And the fifth piece of advice I would give is, uh, and this will kind of filter throughout uh, all of this conversation, is as a business owner, you need to make time for managing the financials of your business. It needs to be a weekly, a monthly, uh, 
occurrence where you sit down with those that uh, are part of your team and you're analyzing all of your business financials. You're on top of these things. It's one of those pieces in running a business that gets left and, you know, business owners will find themselves trying to do it by themselves at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock at night. We always kind of joke uh, in our banking world, we, you know, we get documents from our clients at, you know, midnight and you see the emails coming in and it's, they're at home typing away on their computer. You know, they've, they finished their day in the office as, you know, a plumber, an electrician, whatever it is, and they get home and, you know, get the kids to bed and nine or 10 o'clock, it's, it's paperwork time. Uh, we really just have to make sure that, you know, you're making time in your daily business operations to, to make it part of your, your routine. I love it. Great, great tips. I love your dad's one though, the most, because you know, when people are talking about, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the one that's about location, 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 and this one's about receivables, receivables, re- receivables. And yeah. so true. So true. Right. Because that, that is the source of the cash flow is, is what you are bringing in. And, you know, and I, I am guilty of learning every day, every month, every year about staying on top of, of receivables. And, and I, I, I think that some women entrepreneurs like myself, we at first feel bad about receiving money from people because why are they paying us for something we made or something we're offering? And um, I, I soon learned that I needed other people to do sales for me or um, even at trade shows, uh, direct consumer trade shows where, you know, I end up giving away so many things for free because they have their little kids with them or they tell me that they can't afford it. And then I just give it away. So I now have, staff who kick me out of the table and say, go away. You're losing money. Go take a walk. (laughs) So I I understand that even, even in packaging shipping, like I I still have my hands in everything. And, you know, I, I'm much better at it now that I I have uh, staff to help me, but I would, my husband would watch me when I was packing things at home, when we had our, our warehouse and out of our house and he'd be like, Oh, did they pay for all, did they order all that? And I would say, no, but you know, they have, you know, two kids with autism and they, they all, they need all of this. And so I'm just giving it to them. And, right. and, you know, and did I write it down? Did I document that these were going out the door? No, but we, we need to remember that it is a business as well. And there is definitely a place for, for you know, donations and charity, but uh, to be very careful with watching that and, and getting the receivables. And I've had expensive lessons, Chris, and, and learning to, you know, trust my gut rather than my emotions and heart where I will, I'll share a big mistake that I did with a, a distributor in France who who established an email relationship with me for a year and a half before I even agreed to partner with him because I felt I wasn't ready at that time to go out of Canada. Um, and, but he was very insistent saying, you know, Lane, we've communicated for a year and a half. I think you know me now. And, you know, he shared about his three-year-old son and I would send his son Purdy's chocolate from Vancouver and long story made short, um, I manufactured a huge order for Europe. In fact, uh, paid to get it internationally translated uh, in, into international French uh, rather than just Canadian French and paid all the things to get uh, my product uh, safety certified with a CE logo for shipping to Europe. 
And right when we were shipping, he gave me a small deposit because that's what he was able to do. But then he said he needed to cancel the order. Now I've manufactured already. The product is on a boat. And he said, I need to cancel. And I asked him, pardon me. And then he said, well, he said, I have some financial difficulty right now because some of my vendors just declared bankruptcy and this affects me. However, Elaine, if you do send me your product and give me like net terms, like net 120, you know, it'll help my family. And so of course my heart went out to him and my gut said, don't do it. Don't do it. But, um, Long story made short, I did ship it out to him, and I have never seen that $10,000 in the last five years. So biggest biggest education ever. And, um, yep. I know you're probably cringing. And it, it's it's more common than you think, Elaine. It it really is. No, no, it's 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 really it's so common, and we we see it all the time. And it's it's one of those you know painful mistakes and lessons um, uh, that most small business owners go through at one point in time, right? And the reality is is that you know as a business owner, you're wearing so many different hats and and managing so many different things that it's easy to take the ball off one area or miss miss one of your processes or your policies and and to lead with your heart sometimes, right? So I, I would say you know lesson learned, you move on and and you focus on the next one, right? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, like one of my mentors, which is, uh, who is Jim Living of Boston Pizza, he always said, you know, Elaine, you know, with people, yes, go with your heart, right? Know if they're good people or if they're, they don't feel like they're good people, then you don't work with them. But with business, always go with your gut, like always go with your gut. So that was a very costly uh, education that I had to put upon myself. But now I, I do, I've, I've, I've learned so much from it. I do get uh, full upfront payment on first time orders always. And, you know, I'm, I'm sharing this to the uh, entrepreneurs who are listening, right? When it's that first time customer, whether they're local or across the ocean, get that payment upfront upon shipping. And so many things you learn. And of course, once you establish that trust relationship, of course, you can offer them those terms um, to, to appreciate them as well. One of the tips that you mentioned, I fully love, and it's such a great reminder to me as a product-based business. And, and you know, whether it's a product or a service you offer, I loved that you said, you know, look at it from a revenue perspective, right? That means always revisiting and examining the products you offer, whether it's food on a menu or uh, products off your website. And, you know, with with what we are going through with the pandemic, it was incredible to, to see that even the USA, that online revenues increased by 44%. And in, in globally, it, it hit, I think it was like $4 trillion in online revenue. That's how many people are going to online shopping nowadays so revisiting your products and freeing up like tied money to inventory and this is something i'm learning too that i'm being reminded to right liquidate those that that obsolete inventory the inventory that's just sitting there in your warehouse so many lessons i am learning and and i have to put into practice (laughs) i'm just learning as i go 
learning as I go. And Chris, you're just awesome. Like, you know, I, I can see Chris and I know you're listening, but he just has this very kind, encouraging smile right now, or he's laughing at me and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I was just, it made me happy to, to hear you speak about those, those things around inventory and, and product evaluation. Um, you know, it, it's funny as, as bankers and, and when we're reviewing, you know, credit, which is primarily what we do, we, we get a real lens into these into these aspects uh, of everyone's business and i can't tell you again how many times we'll look at an individual's inventory and there'll be you know millions of dollars and it, it could be any product for you know we'll use the example of blinds because i'm looking at a blind right now uh blinds that are three years old and they're out of style and you know they're just sitting in inventory and you know you know we start asking the questions of tell us about this three million dollars in, in inventory and what's happening with it oh well it's you know it's out of design so nobody wants it and you know we're kind of going uh, okay so tell us about how you're liquidating it what are you doing are you offering incentives things like that so it's uh, it's one of those things that small business owners need to do is constantly evaluate their products manage your inventory you know we we regularly gauge inventory turnover um it's so critical that you're on top of all those pieces on top of everything else that you're doing in, in your world right so uh that's no, a great example and uh, i'm glad to hear you talk about that because that's it's, a, it's an element we don't see enough attention paid to out there now alert again learning as i go for sure now as much as we love all these tips are there also some good habits with regards to cash flow that we should consider do you have any that you can recommend? Absolutely. Um, I, I I have two I'm really going to uh, advise everyone on, and they will kind of permeate throughout the rest of this conversation as well. Point number one, which I mentioned earlier, is invest the time in your finances of your business. This is the most often neglected piece of every small business for the most part. Investing that time ensuring that you have um, important uh, uh, um, checks and balances on your receivables, uh, but investing that time on a week-in, week-out basis. Know where you stand, where are your receivables, where are your payables? Are you up to date on all your taxes and things like that? It, it's, it's a real critical component. And again, most people don't make time to, the, to invest in that because they're busy selling or they're busy managing or they're too uh, involved, uh, uh, you know, the business is running them as opposed to them running the business. So invest that time it, it really is an investment uh, into your finances the second thing i would say in terms of a good habit is constantly revisit your strategy uh, and that was everything we've already talked about it could be product related it's your marketing strategy it's it's your vendors all those things uh you know being able to pivot and adapt uh, i mean we just need to look back at covid and you know we've all seen you know businesses that have unfortunately uh you know closed but We've also seen those businesses that have actually thrived. And, you know, one of the, you know, key parallels that I always see is they were able to quickly pivot and adapt to the changing landscape. And, you know, restaurants we've seen, you know, incredibly challenging, uh, but I've talked to a few vendors that revenues have gone up significantly because uh, they went to their, um, you know, their email contact lists and they were able to build that up quickly and their uh, uh, takeout revenue went through the roof which is, uh, you know, the same price, but there's not people in house. So they're actually doing better in some cases. Um, so re revisit that strategy. Third really good habit uh, that I really advise everybody on is surround yourself with a great team. 
And uh, it, it really is a, such a critical component. Uh, and yes, it means bankers. Uh, it also means great accountants, great bookkeepers, and those are often different things. Um, but it's also ensuring you have a good lawyer, a good insurance individual to, to really manage your, your business as well. Um, things happen, you need those individuals around you. Um, and they're gonna perform a function for your business, but they're also advisors. Um, and I always encourage people to have a business mentor. I just had a conversation with a member about this the other day. Uh, learning the business side of running a business, um, the best piece of advice you could get is, uh, you know, sitting down with a business owner for three hours. And I say this all the time. I say it might, you know, take them out for a nice meal. Might seem really expensive, but, you know, that great meal is going to just embark so much advice on you. So mm-hmm. surround yourself with great people. Uh, invest time in, in your, your finances and really in, uh, reinvigorate your strategy at all times and make sure it's paying off to help you drive cash flow. I love it. I love it. I love it. You said so many great nuggets right there from, you know, making sure that you're putting that time and investing time to take care of your finances. And, and I'm, I'm such a visual person that I have to say, like, you know, what I was picturing is, you know, like I, I make myself look at my bank accounts every day like for, for easy daisies for work, because that's the only way I'm going to know what is happening and, and it's just like, you know, when you have a pet, you're going to make sure you're looking in the food bowls to make sure your kids are helping to feed that puppy. Because I know you have a puppy, Chris. And, you know, otherwise it will die <laughs> if it does not have food or water, right? That's the receivables, <laughs> right? If you see a plant that's wilting in your house or in your office, you need to give it water. And and that's the receivables for that plant. And so same with your bank account. So keeping an eye on it so that you know, it was like, whoa, how did it just dip $2,000? Or or, yay, how did this increase $5,000? You want to know and keep an eye on it. And, you know, you will sometimes have that sick feeling, but sometimes it's an exciting feeling when you're watching that. And But keeping an eye on it. And I love that you said, surround yourself with a great team. And, you know, Coast Capital has been my business partner since I started Easy Daisies. And I, I cannot stop recommending Coast Capital because I, I'm going to say that you make me feel like I'm your only customer. And I know I'm not, <laughs> but that's what I really appreciate about Coast Capital. On, on so many levels. Uh, and, you know, having a great insurance provider, I've been with True Shield forever. And, you know, knowing that you have all those teams makes your small business feel a little bit bigger. And, and one thing I do need to do is, of course, draw more expertise from these partnerships. And I, I know that Chris and I talked about that offline and, and I'm excited about that because I too yeah. need help. And, and I love that you talk about mentorship, right? Like meeting and connecting with people. And I love that you said, you know, take them out for dinner. Yes, it might cost you money, but it's going to save you so much money. So, so do that. Surround yourself with great partnerships and people. Chris, I'm just so excited to have you. You have no idea. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into that next. <laughs> I want to say, well... The reality is there will be a time where there will be negative cash flow. Now, what do we do when there's negative cash flow? It's, it's a reality. I'm going to say that. It's going to be a reality for small business owners. But what, what, what should we do when that happens? Any tips there? 
I think the biggest piece of, of negative cash flow is really ensuring you're not caught off guard for that. Uh, you know, there's the old saying, you know, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Um, all businesses will expense, most businesses at some point in time will experience negative cash flow. So, you know, building up what you're saying about the team, this is where if you're prepared ahead of time, that instance of negative cash flow will not impact you as much. So like my earlier, uh, you know, five tips about making sure you have adequate capital. Uh, do you have your banking and your financing set up to really support your business operations? Do you have an operating line of credit to bridge those gaps? Do you use uh, a separate uh, corporate credit card if you're a limited company to ensure that you you still have purchasing power and and utilizing that tool that that doesn't impact your bank account at least on the at, at the at the very you know second level not that second you have to pay it obviously but it gives you a little bit more purchasing power so ensuring you're prepared ahead of time for those uh, is is critical and again another tool is is making sure you have the merchant services things like that ahead of time where your your money is deposited into your bank every two or three days or depending which provider you have um, another tool that vendors should be uh, really deploying right so preparing ahead of time for these situations is is the best defense for when those those situations arise um, and you know as part of that last piece is is making sure you have uh, you know, really easy and frictionless payment options for your members, right? So you're, you're really encouraging uh, them to pay their bills. Uh, and it's, it's not just advice I give them all the time. I was telling my wife this the other day, if, if you have receivables, you know, are there incentives to, you know, for them to pay early? Uh, many vendors will take advantage of, you know, a 5% discount if you pay within 10 days or whatever that is. And, you know, uh, that receivable in ahead of time is really worth 5% to you. Right. So having that cash uh, on hand immediately, uh, in, in my estimation, on many occasions is, is worth that little that little uh, reduction in rate. Right. So really, the the best offense in this is really just a, a, a defensive strategy or sorry, the other way around. Actually, best defensive strategy is be on the offense, prepare ahead of time because these variables will happen. Um, so, I, again, making sure you have the right team in place, you have a good accountant, a good bookkeeper making sure that when you go to see somebody like me or somebody on my team uh, and I ask you for you know a DNA sample of all your documents and your life and all this kind of stuff you say here you go Chris here's everything you're going to need help me with an operating line of credit or whatever that may need right so being prepared for those situations uh, I think is, is the best thing you do to get out in front of negative cash flow situations. No I love it I am um... Very grateful that you said, you know, to be ready, just be ready and having those backups, right? Whether line of credit, your corporate credit card, whatever it is, because you need to be ready, especially we have all been hit recently with what we're going through. And and I loved how watching how people pivot, how people went from uh, brick and mortar to online, um, making websites more uh, visible and, and all of that. Now, are there any signs that we should be paying attention to that, you know, here are three big signs that there's going to be a cash flow problem. What might you say are some of those signs that we need to be aware of? Because as you said, you were wearing multi hats and every day is full of stuff going on. But, you know, you being the expert here, Chris, you're going to tell us, okay, hey, whoa, wait, if you notice this, this, or this, you're going to have a cash flow problem. What might those be? There, there's a few great questions, Elaine. Uh, the, the first one is, and I, I often say this to my team, if, if they're presenting a lending deal to me for, for review or approval, 
And I ask them, you know, two or three questions and they say, I don't know to those answers. Uh, I always send them away and say, you know what, you haven't done your job. And that also applies to business owners. If, if I ask you about your finances uh, and you say, I don't know uh, on more than one occasion, to me, that's a problem. It means you're not on top of your finances. So if you look in the mirror and you ask yourself two or three questions about your finances, what is your bank balance? Where are your payables? Where are your receivables at? And you say, I don't know. That's a problem. That means you're you're not on top of it. So that would be the first sign of a, a really an issue that it's not being appropriately managed. The other thing I would say is when you do look into it, you're seeing, again, the biggest piece is those extended receivables. If you're seeing receivables, if you have a net 30 repayment with uh, with your clients and you know all your receivables are over that, they're in your 60 and your 90s, that's a huge problem that needs to be addressed uh, immediately. So any sign of that, uh, I think is a huge problem that needs to be addressed. And then really kind of at, at the micro level, it's, you know, when payroll time comes up, are you struggling? Are you having to, you know, really check the bank account, really chase receivables around, around payroll time, things like that? Does it get incredibly tight? Those situations probably mean that you don't have adequate capital to backstop your business. So uh, those kind of three situations are, are kind of really big, you know, red flags for us uh, when we see those uh, situations kind of come to bear. No, great points. Like basically, know your numbers, right? Know your numbers and and get excited. Know about, your numbers. Yeah, get excited about knowing your numbers. And that's, and you know, when people ask me, what was it like to go on Dragon's Den? I would say preparing for Dragon's Den is the greatest and best business 101 crash course because you, you quickly need to know your numbers. Yeah. You need to know your valuation. You need to know your five-year plan, your three-year plan, your one-year plan, you need to know your exit strategy as well. And so, so many things, like, so just pretend that you're going to go pitch to an investor or you're going to pitch to Chris and and get your business act together, right? It's, it's just, and it's never too late to start. Like, go right now and look at your bank account and and figure it out. Make, make a cash flow chart, right? Like, Start anywhere, and there's so many free downloadables. Um, and I'm going to say Chris probably has some. Chris, if people wanted to start with that, like just where would they go? Like, what is your advice there? Like, okay, someone's like, okay, I really need to get my act together. Chris, where should they go? The first thing they should do is is talk to their business partners, right? We we've talked about this a lot throughout this call, but really uh, talk to your banker. Make sure you have a good accountant. Uh, as part of your team and really have an in-depth conversation for those. Uh, that is the absolute best place to start. I say this all the time. If if you're just giving your accountant all your documents once a year and then you you pop in and you sign your forms and, and off you go, to me, that's not really what an accountant is for. They need to be part of your team uh, and, and really using them as the advisors that they really should be. And, you know, you know, CGAs and CPAs and all these things, they're, they're very skilled at these types of things and, and helping you navigate those waters but just sending all your documents once a year to them and getting you know your taxes back is not in my opinion a, a good use of their talents right so that would be the first place i'll start making sure you have a good relationship there and the other piece is, is your bankers right your bankers should be uh great advisors to you on this front as well too we can quickly analyze cash flow we can quickly identify if there's any gaps in in your uh, in your cash flow uh, and that's a great place to start uh, you know, starting with your team, making sure that you have you have the right team. You're using 
them as advisors and not just as people that crunch numbers for you uh, is a great place to start to, to help you identify those gaps. So Chris, you're saying, so like if someone is listening and they're saying, okay, well, I have this banking partner, do I just walk in and say, direct me to someone who can give me some business, business advice? Is that what you're saying you can do? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, everybody, anybody can apply for a mortgage online or anything like that. That's the world we're going to. And I can tell you, this is something that I work at with my team uh, constantly is, you know, as we navigate in this new world, we need to be phenomenal advisors to our members. Uh, you know, if we meet them once a year or twice a year to apply for a loan, that's not really where we're helping them. You know, we're in a unique position where uh, we have, you know, thousands of small business members. Um, we see uh, specific industries constantly day in, day out. So we know what those individuals are doing well to be successful. And we all see the ones that are doing poorly. So, you know, going to your banker is a great place to start. Um, and push them as well for, for advice on, on how to navigate their business, right? That's something we do day in, day out. We read financials day in, day out, multiple times a day. Uh, it's it's part of our world. So press your banker as well, too, for that conversation on, you know, I need some help. And, you know, you said earlier, one of the things, it's, it's hard to ask for help sometimes, right? It's hard to ask for advice. Um, but, uh, you know, another phrase that I always say that business owners, uh, you know, could use is, you know, show me where I can do better. It's, it's not you're asking for help. It's show me where I can do this better or, or where I can grow the business or, or what am I doing wrong? Um, it's, so you're asking for help in a roundabout way. Um, but you know, the people on my team, and I can tell you that from my perspective, I love to help our members. It's, it's the funnest part of my job, you know, and seeing them, uh, achieve success is, is the, is the best part of my day. Uh, uh-huh. and I wish more individuals came to us and said, Hey, let's, let's take a look at this ahead of time or what else do I need? Or, you know, can you help me look at various aspects of my business and, you know, the financial side, obviously, but um, we could also tell you the trends that we're seeing in the industries, which I think is, is something that gets overlooked. I love that. I love that so much, Chris. I, I love, first of all, that you rephrased it to show me how I could do this better. Or I, I, I just love that. I, I'm going to like name this episode that <laughs> because I love it so much. But I think if you were just listening. I've already trademarked it. You can't use it. <laughs> no, no. We'll trademark it to you. <laughs> but I love, I love, okay. I love everything that you just said. And if, if I know that our listeners are like, okay, now I have to switch my uh, bank to Coast Capital because Chris just showed how much passion and excitement he has in helping small and mid-sized businesses do better. And I want to ask, if you could leave us on one final word of advice to our small business owners out there, what would your one advice be on how to grow their business? Um, if I could give you one piece of advice on how to grow your business that I haven't already mentioned, uh, the one piece that I would give you is is also a piece that I practice because I, I did give this to my wife the other day was um, you know, as a business owner, you can't run every aspect of your business. You need to know a little bit about everything, but you can't lead and invest all your time in every piece. You need to surround yourself with great people, delegate you know, activities where necessary, um, stay informed of everything and make sure you're on top of everything, but really get rid of those items that are, are consuming time in your day so you can focus on the big picture pieces. Uh, and, and that's the best piece of advice I would give everybody. You're wearing so many hats all the time. You can't own every hat, surround yourself with great people, delegate, focus on driving the business. 
Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for all your expertise that you just like laid out for us. I love all of your tips, especially your five cash flow tips. And now your dad's advice of receivables, receivables, receivables will be ingrained in me <laughs> all, all year long. I was going to say all day long, but no, it's going to stick with me. I love it. And so Chris, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing your advice. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It was a, it was an honor and a pleasure. Chris, if people wanted to find you or your team, where should they go look? Our team is housed at every Coast Capital uh, uh, branch from here to, uh, from Surrey up to the Whistler area. So they can either reach out online, they can find us through our website, they can, they can walk to a branch and ask to talk to a small business advisor. Simple. Awesome. I will have all of that in my show notes as well. And to our listeners, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening in. And I, I hope you're just more excited about your cash flow as well. And I know I am. And so remember, receivables, receivables, receivables. And Chris, thank you with all my heart. <laughs> you're very welcome. Thank you, Elaine. And everyone, bye for now. Have a great week. <laughs>